Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is episode 913. This is my interview with Simon Drew. Today we discuss finding your game, self-alignment and stoicism. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to another interview here on the Hidden Why podcast. Fantastic day here on the sunny coast. And my interview today was with a uh, fellow Aussie on the sunny coast as well, would you believe it? Man, we're uh, aligned in many ways, me and Simon, uh, Simon and I, I should say. We have this curiosity for finding more meaning in life and dabbling our toe in many different things. And that's where the conversation starts. And we really talk about finding the game playing the game that you're going to enjoy the most and some of us I think it comes sooner some of us we have to keep going on that search perhaps we will never find our ideal game but certainly connecting the dots in my life it seems to be coming together a little bit more I seem to be enjoying this game uh, on a deeper level so we talk about that we talk about how we can become more self-guided in that, on our journey and how stoicism can help us the philosophy of stoicism and some of the practices there Guys, it's a pretty cool conversation, lots to take away, lots to think about, and I think ultimately, if we can give ourselves some more time to reflect, to think, to look internally, to ask questions, to ask questions not only internally, but to others, to the people that we hang around, we will find greater meaning, we will find greater purpose and on that journey, perhaps live a little bit more of a happier life. But I'm sure we're all living a happy life, so guys, keep that journey going, enjoy this interview with Simon Drew, and check out his podcast as well. Practical Stoic Podcast. Links in the show notes. Cheers. G'day, Simon. Welcome to the Hidden Wild Podcast. Great to have you here. Mate, it's uh, really good to be here. And as we've been discussing before the show, it's so cool that uh, even though we are in lockdown right now, we are literally about 20 minutes from each other. So that's awesome. Crazy. Sunny Coast Australia. Hey, this is the first time for me that I've interviewed someone in the same locality, I suppose. Look- Sometimes we punch above our weight, right? Like sometimes we bring some valuable stuff to the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, mate. So, what? Um, tell us your story. You've got a podcast going as well. You've got actually several things going on. You're a coach and author and artist, a musician, I believe, as well. And you're certainly into your physical activity by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I, I I've got many, many, many things going on, and I I guess. Uh, Honestly, that probably stems back to just my psychotic kind of mind <laughs> that I've been developing since uh, since a young age. Uh, you know, I, I, I was never the kind of person who, uh, I guess, felt that I wanted to get very specialized in one specific thing that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, you know, I studied music at university. Mm. Yeah, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, when when you look around and there's so many fascinating things to learn, so many cool things that you could do, it just doesn't make sense to me that uh, that I would I would limit myself. And so, you know, I've 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 been doing the whole music scene. Uh, I'm a jazz trumpeter and a singer as well. Oh, nice. um, spent spent a fair bit of time on cruise ships, uh, uh, going around the Caribbean and the Mediterranean with my jazz band there, and that was a joy. And um, you know, I've, I've, when I was young, I was I was breeding poultry, so I had the heaps of chickens and turkeys, and had like the champion turkey of Queensland, you know, that sort of stuff. And wow. um, I guess uh, have you always had this um, inclination to just learn and try different things, or is it something that's just developed? Oh, yeah. yeah, you have. Yeah, okay. it's it's absolutely crazy. I wouldn't wish, wish it upon anyone. Uh, and, no, and where does that where is, does that motivation come from? That that drive, because obviously you must be self, pretty self uh, driven. 
You know what? I th- I think that drive comes from the fact that I have absolutely no idea what any of this means, and I have a little bit of a desire to dip my feet in as many places as possible to see what I can learn. And you know, so that's that's why you know, for example, when I when I choose a direction that I want to go down, it's it's never based on like a necessarily a a desire to make that my one single life pursuit. It's always based on a desire to maybe gain a few more skills that can help me to be a better human being. So, you know, when I got into the fitness industry, I was, uh, you know, I got straight into management there, assistant managing a gym. And then uh, within a few months, got up to a gym manager and I managed um, the Nambour Snap Fitness close to where you are. Um, and, uh, and you know, the reason I got into the fitness industry was because I felt that, uh, you know, if, if I was going to try out an industry, I might as well go somewhere where I can take something of value away from my own personal growth, where mm. I could learn, you know, how to, how to keep healthy and how to keep other people healthy. And so everything, including the podcast that I'm doing now and, and stoicism, you know, it's, it's all been really uh, out of just my desire to dip my feet and, and see what sticks, you know, there's, Actually, there's this great line from um, from this this wonderful interviewer. I actually can't remember his name now, but uh, Tim Ferriss was interviewing him, and he said he he once uh, he, he once did this interview with with somebody, and he com- he actually lost all of his notes, and it was one of the best interviews he'd ever done. Uh, but he'd lost all of these notes after he did it, and he was devastated. But he was speaking to one of his mentors, and uh, one of his mentors said, "I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here, but <laughs> he said uh, he said, don't worry about it. Uh, the good shit sticks, right?" And so I, I think the way that I look at my life is I'm dipping my feet in all of these areas, and I'm waiting for waiting to see what bits of all of these different things stick with me, mm. um, because that's the good stuff that I want to hold on to and take with me for the rest of my life. The good things stick, yeah. Amen. I, um, what do you, uh, sorry, I've, I've just lost that question, but obviously fascinated by many things. Do you think it's the way you proceed is, is an ideal way to live or is it each to their own in that sense? Like, you know, people that focus on one thing and get an education and get a job and work that job for many years versus someone who dabbles in all these you know different things and skills and look, I, I think I'm as much a product of the, uh, you know, the kind of the, the gig mentality of, of our culture, right? Like I, I think that young people today, and I, I definitely include myself in those people, uh, we, we kind of see the world in a different light that it's, it's not necessarily something uh, to, to be um, – to be there. look, it is to each their own. Yeah. You know, some people absolutely love to specialize. Um, I have always preferred to to look at life as an opportunity to uh, to dip my feet to 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 find out what I love um, and to try and move in directions that I love. I've never done anything that I didn't want to do genuinely. I've I've never gone down a path that I didn't feel very excited about or feel as though right. okay. it would be really good for me. Mm. Um, but I guess you could say that um, you know some people. Actually, I might demonstrate it like this. I, sp- I spoke to I spoke to one of my friends yesterday who I hadn't spoken to in a long time. His name's name's Lachlan Hawkins. He's a beautiful jazz drummer from from uh, from Brisbane, and I kind of said to him, "Man, you're doing something that has taken me, uh, you know, a big roundabout journey through philosophy and all sorts of things to understand that I should be doing." And what he's doing is he absolutely loves music. 
and that's mm. all he does. Mm. You know, he teaches, he he plays gigs, he's he's exploring musically, he's uh, he's doing handpan stuff as well, and just beautiful music, and he's composing, and he just loves to do that, and that's what he does. So for me, I, I think it's really a matter of like I just. Uh, it's it's taken me a while to put my life in such a place where I actually know like this is the good stuff that I genuinely love to do because uh, th- this might actually be an interesting point of discussion. I, I really think that society today, as you grow up, you've got your parents, your family, your teachers, uh, you know, the government, you've got uh, your school, you've got your religions, all of this stuff that is just heaping a whole bunch of stuff on top of you and saying, this is what you are, this is what you are, this is what you are, yeah. right? My my journey has been one of discovering uh, probably when I was about 20 years old that all of that stuff that everybody told me what I was, that was not me at all. Um, and 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 some of it was me. Some of it was me, definitely. Some of it was was valuable. Some of it was not. But I really think that the job of of a, a mature um, and emotionally developed human is to take a look at their upbringing and say, what's the really good stuff that I want to keep? You know, what's that stuff that sticks with me? What's the stuff that I don't necessarily need to keep? And what is really me? Like, what am I at the core fundamental level? Mm. And so when I when I you know in my twenties when I discovered that I was like, man, I I don't even know what it is that that life is or what I want or or what would be good for me. So that's when I started reading heaps. I started getting into Stoic philosophy. I started, you know, I went traveling the world on the cruise ships and everything and, um, you know, got got married to my beautiful wife and and came back to Australia, did the whole gym scene and just, just exploring, just putting my feet out there and saying, what is actually me and trying to listen as intently as I possibly can. And, uh, and lately I have uh, managed to get pro- probably as close as I've ever been to uh, understanding what that is. So, okay. How old are you now? Can I ask? Uh, 26. 26. Okay. Excellent. And, and, and let me, let me put it out there. I understand that I probably won't know truly what I am uh, at a fundamental level ever. <laughs> but, say, you're quite advanced. <laughs> Do you um do you see um because I can relate I've, I've probably very similar in a lot of a lot of ways this search um for understanding myself but also search for in doing that for greater meaning in life and and finding you know who I am and what this is all about and what I should be doing um and that's where the podcast sort of came from but I was quite late I, I went out the gates and got an education went to work you know focused on career that I just realised it wasn't really doing anything for me and that's when I sort of transitioned around 26 27 probably and I started mm. then re- reading and and you know learning and and really getting curious about life and and meaning and purpose and all that sort of thing and that's led me on this journey and and now as I look back um because I'm very I'm very impatient I'm uh, very curious as I look back at my journey um, there's things that I'm just start the things that are starting to stick are starting to sort of amalgamate into something um, that's more me and, and what I would love to be doing. And I haven't found it yet. I think there's, I may never find it, to be honest. But there's still that, that journey ahead uh, of searching and figuring out, okay, what else is going to stick and what else can I put my toe in to, to figure out what really is going to bring me a greater sense of joy and a, a ability to con- contribute on a, on a greater level, not only to my, my local family, but also to the larger family, the world, mm. and that sort of thing. So can you see the dots for you coming together? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know, there's there's a few things that I've done to kind of uh, try and try and see those dots. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, like like I said, some people like my friend Lockie, who I mentioned, you know, they just get it because from a young age they're like, hey, music is what I want to do. Or yeah. you see these people in society, and uh, I've been thinking about this pretty heavily lately that that you know the people who tend to really shine as as virtuous leaders virtuous creatives and seekers in our society they seem to be the people who are genuinely following their nature like uh and and that that's almost that's almost on every level like you look at a beautiful musician somebody who creates the most incredible artwork um and and you look at them and you think Wow, that they would be doing that no matter what life they're living, because that's uniquely them. They just genuinely only love to create beautiful music, and they're just doing it. They didn't ask anybody to do it. They didn't. They didn't think about it. They just said, "I love playing music, so I'm going to do that." Um, you look at someone like Warren Buffett. Uh, you know, a lot of us think, "Okay, well, oh, look at this. Look at this billionaire with all of his money." Okay, well, that guy uh, lives in the same house that he's lived in for you know like 50 years with his wife. Uh, not uh, pretentious at all. Uh, he just genuinely, naturally loves the game of money, and so he plays that game. He doesn't ask anybody; he just does it. Um, and and you know, I think that there's something to that. Like we we do, we finding don't finding your game. That's it. Find find your game. You know, and and society offers us many many games, and your family offers you many games. Your religions offer you many games. Uh, and and you make up your own games that you don't even know how to win, hmm. um, and and so I think that it's it's a matter of really taking a look at the games that you're playing in your life and and trying to figure out okay well what's what's the one that I know that I'm going to be able to win every single day if I play this game, um, and 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 honestly I think uh, I, I think that it's an endless journey when when you jump into this and you realize that you don't know anything, uh, then then life starts to become very fascinating because there's this idea that Seneca taught one of the one of the great Stoics he said if you don't know which port you're sailing to then no wind is favorable and you've got so many people in society today telling you that here's the 10 steps to get this and here's how you do that and here's how you get this way and here's how you get that way um what are we aiming at you know like who's who's telling us what the best thing is to aim at like if if you're gonna hustle your whole life if Jim Rohn said something beautiful, actually. He said, motivation just doesn't do it. If you motivate an idiot, what have you got? A motivated idiot, <laughs> right? So, so motivation isn't enough. You need to have something very firm to aim at, something that you know is real, something that you know is, is going to sustain you uh, for your life. And, and, you know, when he put it like that, I was like, wow, okay, like, I need to know what I'm aiming at. And and so for me, the reason why I really fell in love with with what the Stoics taught is they, they taught that there's only one really good thing to aim at. And that is, uh, well, it's kind of like two things in one. It's like our ultimate goal is to align with nature, which means many things. And we can go down many rabbit holes. But but ultimately, what that means is is you need to aim at virtue. Virtue is the only good. It's the only thing that you know for a fact that every time you try to be virtuous, it's going to give you good results, whether it's in your spirit, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your body, um, and whether it's in your relationships with everyone around you. Virtue is the one thing that you can count on, that if you aim at that every single time, you're going to be sustained for the rest of your life. 
Uh, and, and what that doesn't mean is that you're always going to be successful by society's terms. It doesn't mean that you're always going to get what you want. It doesn't mean that you're always going to have this crazy good life where everything goes your way. It just means that no matter what happens, you're aiming at something that is valuable. You're aiming at something that is real, something that you can you can really set your aim on and, and get get the results. And uh, and that's a game worth playing, one where you know that the aim, the aim is is ultimately good. What is virtue? Just define that for us, like as, yeah, a, as so, a target. Now I look at it in in kind of a strange way. We'll go we'll go like a roundabout way to to see the way that I look at virtue. But we have to go back to the idea of alignment with nature, with the Stoics. The way I describe it is like this: humans are extremely perplexed about our place here. We we don't we don't know anything. That's why we have so many religions. That's why we have so many philosophies. Um, so many people in society telling us what to do. I mean, that's the reason why you and I are doing podcasts. It's because we, we, we're perplexed, you know, we, we're trying to figure this whole game out. Yeah. Um, but take a look at say the lion, um, the lion's not particularly perplexed about his place within the whole scheme and ecosystem of the universe. Right. So he just, he gets up and, uh, you know, he's with his pride and Hey, if they're hungry, they go out and hunt. If, if they're not, then they lay around and uh, no part of the lion, as far as we can conceive, uh, is confused about his place within the ecosystem. Yeah. It seems, uh, from the perspective that we have, which is very limited, but it seems to us that, or seems to me, that humans are really the only creatures that are extremely perplexed about our place within this whole scheme. Mm. Uh, and th- that's where the idea of being in alignment with nature uh, really just absolutely was an atomic bomb in my mind when I read that from the Stoics. However, I will say that I only recently started to truly try to understand this. For the first two years of my podcast, I didn't even touch on it maybe two or three times because I really had no idea. But but recently, I've been thinking about it more. But mm. the, the, the way that I see it is that virtue is whatever makes us healthy, happy human beings who are flourishing in this ecosystem. Um, and And you could put it like this. If the lion started only eating vegetables and not eating meat, uh, you would think that that lion is sick. That lion might be conceived by us to be, uh, or sorry, perceived by us to be, uh, to be a sick lion and therefore an unvirtuous lion because the lion has teeth, the lion has claws, you know, it's strong, it's courageous, it's supposed to be out there tackling these gazelles and eating them. That's what it's for and it's clearly made for that. So virtue is what are you made for? Like, what is it that you as a human being are supposed to be doing? Mm. Um, and the Stoics said that there are, there are two core virtues uh, of, of, of a human being that we really need to align with. Firstly, uh, we are social beings. So we know this because we gather in tribes and we eat together and we play together and we learn together. And uh, we, we should want to uh, better our, our social abilities. Um, and the other thing that they said is we are, you know, seemingly rational creatures. Like we have the ability to reason and learn and use logic and and come up with good arguments and, and think about our place within the universe. So therefore, we should use logic and, and reasoning, our, our unique virtues, to become better social creatures. Um, and that's that's not all of the, the, the virtues. The, the Stoics actually said, 
that there are uh, four fundamental virtues. They call them the cardinal virtues of Stoicism. Mm -hmm. These virtues are temperance, uh, justice, uh, wisdom, and also, uh, uh, oh my gosh, why am I why am I blanking on this? Uh, courage. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Justice, temperance, courage, and wisdom. And the way that they rationalized this is they said, think of any situation in your life, no matter what it is. Can you think of a situation that wouldn't be made better by using a little bit more temperance or a little bit more justice or a little bit more courage or having a bit more wisdom? There's nothing in your life that wouldn't be made better by aligning with these virtues. And so if you can take something like that, like courage, and if you can put it on the block and, and if you hit it with a hammer and it doesn't break, then that's a virtue because it's so good that it cannot possibly be broken. And so we can have like a big discussion about each of those virtues and what they mean and, and, and the sub-virtues below them. But ultimately, those are the core virtues of Stoicism where they say like these are, these are the things that you need to align with because they will make everything better and they will help you to live in agreement with, with your own nature as a human being. It's great stuff. As we bring that back to our own individual lives and I suppose aligning ourselves because I know you work with uh, people to align them with you know their life and, and what uh, the direction they should be taking i suppose how do we use these and incorporate them into our daily aims i suppose now if our aim is always virtue then i guess we just no matter what we do we try and be virtuous in that approach mm. does that help people find a greater game or you know the the port that they want to sail to yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and you know, part of part of virtue and part of aligning with nature is is listening to yourself and, and saying, you know, what is it that is my own unique nature? Uh, you know, I've been thinking about this because from a very young age, I was drawn to to jazz music and, and, and to play music. I was very musical. I'd always sing. And, you know, my mum said that when I, she was pushing me around the shopping trolley, uh, doing her shopping, I'd just be there singing. And I was like two or three years old. And and people would come up and they'd be very impressed that this young child was singing, right? And so for me, that's in my nature. That is so fundamentally me because nothing really brings me more joy than being on a stage and performing mm. and playing music with people, right? Um, and, and so that's why I actually left university halfway through my degree because I was like, well, I've just got this opportunity to get a gig on a cruise ship where I can play every single night with my own band for like three hours. Why would I do university when i could be there playing and actually like on stage with my musicians yeah so so i think part of it is is really what i what i try to do with my clients is i try to get them to to uh, turn down the volume of society to turn down the volume of all of the perceptions that they have uh, been handed on a platter um mm. since they were young and that's um, hard to do isn't it? it's very hard to do uh, but but once you can do that, what you can essentially do is step outside of yourself and become an observer of people and yourself. Um, and, you know, you look at somebody like Socrates, and, and I, I, I believe now more than ever, we need another Socrates in our society. And I think that we've seen a few more, so uh, sorry, Socrates come, uh, you know, from time to time and, and wake us up a little bit. But uh, what Socrates essentially did is he he would ask people, you know, hey, what do you think about this? And people would, bam, immediately come up with an answer. This is what I think about this, and this is what's true. Hmm. And Socrates would say, oh, interesting. So you think you know. Okay, well, what about this? And then they'd answer that. And then you'd go, oh, what about that? And then what about this? 
And essentially, after enough questioning, these people would realize, wow, I actually don't know the answer to that. And so Socrates was seen as the most uh, the most wise person in the whole land because he knew that he didn't know, hmm. right? And so I really think that ultimately- That's like that, you know, being open, I suppose, being open yeah. rather than closed-minded. That's it. You know, it's it's kind of like the, the you know, the growth mindset as opposed to the fix almost, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to take it down that road, but- it's about quieting the the voices of society which will tell you that you do know and that you know what you want because this is what you want because we're handing you what you want. And and we, we grow up and we start to believe ourselves. We believe our own lies and, and, and we move away from what is actually us. Well, there's a fear of that, isn't there? I mean, there must yeah. be a big vulnerable thing to, to accept that and, and not know. It's, it's frightening to not know. But it's also liberating. You know, it, it's it's the great paradox of life. It's like, uh, you know, look at all of the great philosophers who came uh, before us and uh, these these great teachers. You know, the, the, the greatest teachers of all time, hmm. uh, they had questioned life to such a point that they realized, man, I know absolutely nothing. I, I don't know anything about any of this. Hmm. And it's liberating because when when you know that you know nothing, that everything is fascinating. Everything requires further inspection, uh, further wonder, um, including yourself. And so that's what I do with my clients. I try to try to get them to, you know, maybe quiet society a little bit so that they have more room to to wonder and to to imagine what could be and to imagine uh, th- their own personal ideal is what I call it. You know, like who who would I be if I was just trying to be the most virtuous and best possible version of myself. Because because I'm telling you, it's, it's that person who you would be, that's not the person who everybody else would have you be. And and we too often mistake those two people. So, mm. yeah, I think quieting the voice of society, quieting the, the, the voice of everybody around you and maybe trying to listen to yourself from time to time Um and and you will get answers if you can quiet everything around you. That I mean, that's what meditation is, right? It's like, hey, everybody else, shut up for a while. <laughs> let me let me sit here and let me imagine that I can just for a brief moment get inside my own head uh, and 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 get a little bit deeper um, into some understanding about myself and and the universe. Yeah, so quieting that external noise there and society and even. Yeah, the internal noise, I suppose, which you probably want to tune into a little bit more. Mm. The yeah. the practices to do that, like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to think back on how I've sort of, you know, and I still haven't done it successfully well, but I, I have definitely quieted that that external expectation and, and perception of what society expects from me to be able to, you know, do what I do and and do it with a little bit of joy. But I don't know how to get there. Like, how do you help people get there? Is it just a matter of, you know, hey, do some meditation, you know, daily? Are there practices? Yeah, there's, look, there's all sorts of things that you can do. I I tend to be not uh, extremely judgmental about uh, the way that people go about it. Mm. Um, and the, the reason is I look at my own life and I look at the, the way that people change around me as well. And it when you observe the world and when you observe people around you and you observe yourself, it becomes very, very clear uh, very quickly 
that people don't change when you want them to change. They will change when they want to change and they will change uh, when it is appropriate for them to change. Um, and so, yeah, sure. you know, with, with the things that, you know, I, I got a review from one of my clients lately that actually made me realize that this is how I do it. I didn't even know that it was how I do it, but he said that, you know, I'm not very prescriptionary with my approach and I kind of like to keep it that way. I prefer that's that's pretty cool because most, you know, everyone's different in, in how they're going to get yeah. there, aren't they? Exactly. And if, if I can provide an environment for my client where we are simply there having a meaningful conversation with each other, uh, trying to maybe get to the and, and it could be over um, seemingly superficial things like, hey, you know, I've, uh, my boss is doing this. How do I deal with that? And, you know, because this is how we come into alignment with ourselves by picking the small little things that are nagging at us in our life that we're trying to figure out and you know, I would never say to anybody, hey, within six weeks, you're going to be, uh, you know, the most enlightened being that you can possibly be and you're going to quit your job and you're going to, you know, go to India and follow a guru. Like, I would never say to somebody that that's what I want for them. What I simply want for people is for them to slowly, uh, over, through a process of questioning their own intentions and the intentions of the people around them, and by quieting their own mind and the mind of those people around them, I want them to come to a, a place where they feel as though they are better able to listen to themselves and better able to navigate this world in an effective way um, that that doesn't necessarily feed them to everybody else around them who want them to be certain things and also doesn't necessarily make them uh, peculiar to the people around them who, mm. who simply want them to be a part of society. Because um, I also don't believe that it's necessary for us to uh, get so in tune with ourselves that we just completely shun society and shun culture and and move move out of our, our own you know our own culture. Because I think that some of those things are some of the most beautiful parts of life. But well, as you yeah, said, I, we're social beings, so that's that's pretty important that's to that aspect of virtue. Exactly. Yeah. The um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that there's no you know ten rules to to um, freeing your mind from you know, society's expectations, but certainly things that have helped me care less, um, you know, are, are different philosophies and, and ways and practices. And one would be, you know, mindfulness meditation. The other mm. would be certainly education. So learning, reading, listening, um, and then giving myself a bit of space there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, stoic philosophy, which you're quite into, um, one thing that recently has sort of, because I've interviewed a few um, Stoic leaders and people that research um, that philosophy, and just focusing on what's uh, inside my control and what's not has certainly gave me a, quite a bit of liberty uh, recently mm. of non-attachment, which is almost Buddhism as well, isn't it? But it's yeah. um, it just has allowed me to let go a little bit. And I don't mm. know why it's just sort of, because I've, I've known about this for many years, but just recently it's sort of been easier for me to do that and in that yeah. letting go i've actually felt a little bit calmer a little bit less anxious um and i felt that results or success that i perceive to be success is a little bit easier if that makes sense mm. Mm. no it does make sense and, and as you're saying that i i have to say that um i i I definitely will give you some very tangible uh, techniques for for getting to that place because as much as I am not very prescriptionary, there are many tools that I, I would offer people to say, you know, hey, maybe try this or maybe try that, you know, and that, that's definitely one of them, the, the dichotomy of control. 
Um, it's something that has always helped me in times when I have been very confused in my own mind, when uh, maybe a problem has come up or a perceived, perceived problem and um, you know, I'm looking for some sort of answer. And uh, man, that is something that anyone who's listening could do if, if you're facing some sort of difficult situation in your life is to sit down with a piece of paper um, draw a line down the middle and and on one side, write out all of the things that you can definitely do today that would make the situation better. And on the other side, write out all of the things that you're worried about that you absolutely have no control over. Um, and And so on that other side, that's the stuff that you can forget about because you know that you can't control it. So So why would you fool yourself into worrying about that? And, and, you know, you make a great point there that it, it makes you feel a, a certain sense of calm because you've let go of a few things. Because in Stoicism, I think a lot of people really focus on the dichotomy of control as a tool to use so, that can help them to uh, understand what they can control. And so, you know, they get a massive list of things that they can do or they get that one list of things that they can control. And really the only thing that you control is is I mean, if you can even control this, I mean, that's a bigger question, but our own you know, reasoning ability, your ability to go within your mind and to explore the possibilities of action and then to respond to the stimulus outside of you um, in a way that is most effective. That's really all that you can control, or at mm. least what we perceive we can control. But I actually think that um, the, the, the true value that comes from, uh, from this, from this uh, exercise is understanding all of the things that you can let go of, right? Because at, at the end of the day, there is that one thing that you can control. And that leads to many offshoots of things that you can do, offshoots of things that you can 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 actually, you know, act, you know do in your life. But, but at the end of the day, there's so much more that you need to focus on that you should be letting go of, right? That didn't mm. make sense. Focus on it so that you can let go of it. But... <laughs> But that that that's really, I think, where the power comes in because if you can focus on that one thing that you know you can control and then let go of the rest, then everything becomes simpler. Everything becomes easier for you to 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 navigate every uh, every ecosystem in your life uh, because you know that this is where I need to focus on. I don't need to focus on all of that which is outside of my power. I just need to focus on moving forward and making the best possible reasonable decision for this situation. So, yeah, there's so much that you can let go of if, if you're willing to actually uh, think logically about about the situations in your life. If the only thing we can control is, is how we perceive things or the perception of the world, which is through thought, do Stoics just have a practice of, of journaling and, and, you know, I guess, talking and asking questions with one another or sitting in silence. I mean, they don't seem to have a mindfulness practice as such, do they? Well, they, they do actually have kind of mindfulness techniques. And I wouldn't necessarily say that it is our perceptions that we control. Uh, I would say that it is our our actions that come as a result of those perceptions that we can control because the stoics do really encourage mm. us to try and change our perceptions try and learn what is true and what is false uh but at the end of the day you're still a product of your society you're a product of as i said like everything that you were taught growing up um and i i really just i don't know i haven't done enough research to know how much we even know about you know 
how much of who we are is our perceptions, right? But the Stoics certainly did teach that, uh, you know, everything that you see is simply a perception, right? And so um, that begs the question, well, I mean, if we aim at anything, is it going to be the right thing to aim at? So, so really you say, okay, well, I know that everything is a perception. So all that I can do is try to think reasonably and try to think rationally and, and try to, uh, and give yourself the space to do that. That's it. Yeah. Give Mm. yourself the space to do that. One of the ways that they encourage us to do the, to, to get the space to do that, um, was through the view from above technique. Um, and you may have heard of this before, but, Marcus Aurelius basically would imagine himself and Marcus Aurelius was, um, I don't know if you know, but anyone on the podcast listening, um, yeah. was the, uh, em- an emperor of Rome who was mm. also a philosopher, a stoic philosopher. Um, and so, uh, basically he would imagine himself above the world, looking down on the world and he would see the world and, and, and basically imagine how insignificant all of his problems are, uh, and, and how really tiny and minute he is compared to the grand scheme of the cosmos Mm. um and this can do many things i actually think for me it's very calming isn't it it is it's it's calming in a unique way right because for me what this has done for me is i've looked above the world (laughs) i've looked above the world i've just been sitting up there looking at down the world and and you imagine everything that's going on and you look at the way that nations form and the way that people move around the world and the way that we that we fight in our tribal warfares and that we hate other people and we love other people. And all of this stuff is going on. And you don't have any power over that. Hmm. None of none of us individually have power over the uh, the grand scheme of how everything moves around on this planet. Everything seems to be just in a big state of flux. However... Our experience is very, very real, right? So from above, you see that, wow, I don't control any of this. But when you're below, you think, I control all of this, right? Mm. Um, But you have to meet somewhere in the middle and say, uh, listen, there's so much that I don't understand. There's so much that I don't perceive correctly. uh, And there's no way that I possibly could perceive it correctly. However, uh, I need to live my life in such a way that my perceived reality is as meaningful as 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 flourishing as it possibly could be uh, and that's what i've got out of that kind of meditation yeah because it can almost be disabling when you go look from above hey well you know i'm a yeah. i'm a blip on the on the grand scheme of things so what's the point of it all but um the reality is that we do experience this and 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 how we feel in any given moment is is pretty mm. important and if you um you know want to feel you know as as good as you can um in any given moment, then that's important to understand what that experience needs to be like. Um, yeah, you know, regar- regardless of, of what you are in the grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the journey and that's the search. And uh, I guess each to our own in that in that endeavor. But um, certainly, I love the and, idea. And one of, other thing. Yeah. Sorry, go on. There you go. Well, I, I was I was just going to say, you know, it's it, it's like. I, I really believe that the two worlds of determinism and um, and crap, I've forgotten the other word, non-determinism, whatever. Uh, I believe that they can coexist because I think that that meditation of looking above the world, like I said, it, for me, it says I don't control any of this. But when you come back down to earth, you can see through your perceptions uh, to the extent that you can that that you really do have an effect on the world. Uh, that that you know you are only a few people away from changing the lives of millions if you're willing to act virtuously and and do what you can do in your perceived reality 
to to make uh you know to bring a slice of heaven down to earth if you will you know and so honestly we we do have a responsibility to uh to try and act in the best way possible and to try and find meaning and to try and help those around us to do the same and to Mm. uh offer what we can to the world that that's a massive driving factor for the reason why i'm doing this podcast is because uh, man, there are a lot of people out there right now who are hungry for some sort of, um, for somebody to wake them up and tell them, listen, like it, you don't control a lot, but, but you do control a couple of things. So maybe you should just focus on those and try to be the best that you can. But if, if you focus too much on the, uh, you know, we don't control anything that that, then that can kind of, you know, take you into a bit of a weird trip. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you're willing to play the game in the best possible way that you can play it and play games that are meaningful and play games that are, that are true and honest, uh, you can actually make a, a massive dent in, in, in this world and make a, make a big impact uh, if you're willing to do that. And, and it doesn't always mean that you start a podcast. Sometimes it just means that you be the best dad that you can be or the best mum that you can be or the best brother you can be. Or, um, and I think that that was the beauty of Stoic philosophy, this, this idea that any of us can, can play a massive role in, in, in the lives of those people around us simply by uh, looking at our various roles within society and within our, within our own lives uh, and just doing them to the best of our abilities and to the most virtuous of our abilities. Um, and you can really, you can really make a lot of people, uh, you can ease a lot of people's suffering, uh, not to mention your own suffering by doing that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's again, finding that game, I think is, and some are going to find it maybe sooner than others and some may, mm. maybe never, but, um, yep. dipping your toe in many different things. And it's like those hacks, you know, and things like that, that we often are, uh, exposed to. Um, you know, the tools, try everything and, and keep what sticks, as you say. So, you know, yeah, try meditation, it. if that works great, you know, try journaling, try different styles of journaling, um, you know, try different routines, uh, and, and see what works for you on your journey. But I think ultimately giving yourself more time in thought, um, and more space to think and reflect mm. and ask questions internally. And then also with others. Is, is absolutely powerful and i think that's where we need to be doing a lot more if we want to really search for more meaning in our individual yeah. lives um so and the journaling thing as well like that yeah. you know a lot of people in stoicism do journaling and and i think that that's beautiful as well but i've been thinking about this lately because i've i've never had a desire to to really journal yeah, right. like I, I i write yeah um and I, and i love writing i love picking topics and thinking about them and and trying to get to the bottom of them and um but i've never been one to sit down like i've had i've gone through so many journals man and all of them have like two or three pages and then empty <laughs> and so um for me I, I don't necessarily try anymore, but I think that journaling, uh, honestly, uh, to Stoics is like praying to the Christians or it's like, you know, yoga to, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy or it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a form of, it's a form of prayer. It's a form of mindfulness where, uh, we know that for a certain portion of the day, we will sit down and we will, you know, do something that is allowing us to actually think and get inside our own minds and try to understand who and what we are. And 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 I think that 
the intention that comes from journaling, the intention that comes from praying or doing a discipline is really what we need to focus on. Not necessarily saying, hey, everybody, you need to do journaling, but hey, you need to find some practice uh, that is going to allow you to have the intention in your day to be a better person. Um, you know, for me, that comes in the form of, uh, of, of running. Um, it comes in the form of listening to, uh, you know, complex music that is just blowing my mind. It comes in the form of sitting at the piano at nighttime and just noodling around for a while and just playing some music. And I put it out there to my listeners a while ago, Hey, what kinds of journaling do you do? And some of them did, you know, two or three pages every day. Some of them would draw a picture and they would draw a picture based on how they felt. Um, some of them would, uh, you know, everybody had a different way of doing it. So that's why for me, I'm kind of like, I don't need to prescribe things because people will figure out the best way that they can do these things if they understand at the fundamental level what the purpose of the thing is, mm. right? And so it's not about sitting down and writing out three specific questions or you know doing a very specific rigid routine. It's about, hey, listen to yourself and what are the ways that you can get the benefit of being introspective, of, of thinking about your place in the universe, um, if that's journaling, brilliant. If that's going for a run, excellent. Uh, you know, we, we can we can get these things from different ways. I, yeah, I coach absolutely. clients who pray, you know, and, mm. and I'm like, keep it up. You know, keep up your spiritual practice of praying because for you, that works so well. Um, but you've just got to understand the purpose of these games that we play. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, finding out that practice but then being consistent with it too i think the the issue is if we sometimes go with how we feel that might mean we do nothing um mm. rather than something you know what i mean like i i certainly journaled for a while there and i stopped this year um maybe it was a matter of time and laziness uh, more than anything i'm not sure um but you know i just thought you know what is this giving me it didn't feel like it was giving me anything after doing it for you know a good three years um mm. i just stopped so but i think you know there is like you said finding that practice that works for you um, that gives you that benefit. So not just giving in because it's too hard or it's inconvenient or whatever, you know, but still finding something that gives you that same benefit, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and you, you bring up a good point. It's like sometimes you can just tell, Hey, it's not doing anything for me. And that's absolutely fine. Find what does do something for you. That's, that's what I tell people to do. And, and, and also like, you know, even with gratitude journaling, like I, I often say to people, you know, this is one of the few things that I do often prescribe. It's every night, just write down three or four things that you're grateful for um, in your day. And what that's going to do is that can that's going to completely shift your mindset to actually start to look for the beautiful things in life. Because as look, human beings, we naturally look for problems. That's all we do. And, we're, and we've been biologically developed to do that because it's actually very helpful to us to always look for problems because then we always solve problems and therefore we advance ourselves on the evolutionary ladder. Uh, but we, in our you know, modern cultures, we don't necessarily have as many crazy problems as, as we once had. So maybe it's not always so helpful to be constantly looking for problems and, and maybe we should reprogram the mind to be looking at life realistically mm. so that we can maybe experience some joy from time to time. Um, but after a while of doing that, your mind will naturally get to a point where you don't necessarily need to sit down at nighttime and write down three things. You will just naturally just see happens, them throughout yeah. your day. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's what it's about. You know, you don't have to do any of these exercises for the rest of your life. You just need to do them until you understand why you're doing them. Yeah. And then you, you get it. It'll just flow. Yeah. yeah. 100%, mate. So your daily routines, and this sort of leads us into a few questions that I want to ask you, but um, have you got any particular ones? Obviously, you jog. Is that a morning thing or... Yeah, that's uh, that's usually like a, I, I prefer to do that in the evening, actually. Um, okay. All, I've, I've kind of got a weird reversed kind of system because most of my clients, uh, I take them from, you know, about 5 a.m. So, um, you know, I, and, and I'm not usually like a 4 a.m. kind of person. I, I think 4.30, I get up, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and, you know, I, I get up, just you know, maybe have an apple or something, drink some water and um, and, you know, just get prepared mentally for the session and everything that I'm about to have. Um, and then for the rest of the day, I'm basically just going to be doing, um, you know, a whole bunch of podcast stuff and, and, and reading and, and writing and, uh, all of the very busy things that always pile up on my list of things to do. But then the evenings are really where I, um, I like to just kind of calm the mind and, and spend some time with myself, whether that's sitting at the piano, like I said, uh, going for a walk, going for a run. Um, I, I, we live about a kilometer from the beach, so it's so nice to just run to the beach and sit on the rocks. Um, and there's a few nice spots there where I kind of can just really sit in the darkness there, watch the stars, watch um, watch the waves and everything. And um, you know, that's kind of, you know, my evening is, is spent, uh, really getting that sense of equanimity and, and, and doing the things that life is made of and spending time with Jen and mm. eating and, you know, just all, all that, those nice things. So really yeah. I don't have much of a routine, um, as much as I just have kind of like a constant sense of what would be, what would be best for me right now. Yeah. Nice. What, how do you define success? Hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Um, knowing yourself and knowing your position within all of this stuff around you, <laughs> I think, um, you know, kind of goes back to what what I what I said earlier. It's like you know, the people who I'm very interested in are the people who tend to just naturally know that this is what they're here to do. Um, and you see these people, these crazy people who pop up in society from time to time who aren't necessarily the, you know, prosperity preachers. They're not necessarily the people who are out there saying, you know, you can have what you want, you can be what you want. Um, they're just the people who you, you know, you can tell you have a sense about you that, that these people are doing exactly, exactly what they were put here to do. And I say put here, I mean, you know. It, it, within their nature, they're aligned. They're aligned with their nature. And so for me, that's people like uh, lately I've been learning about Miles Davis, for example, you know, brilliant uh, trumpeter who came into this world and just shook everything up and and for, for his whole life just focused on playing trumpet and um, didn't give a damn, didn't give, didn't pay any attention to what everybody else around him wanted. It was simply him and the trumpet, and that was who he was, and that was what he was supposed to do. That, to me, is success. It's it's coming into this world and saying, I'm not going to do what everybody else wants me to do. I'm going to do what I feel so strongly that I need to do. 
Um, and if you pay attention to people, you'll find those people. And I think those are the people who are truly successful, whether they make mm. millions of dollars or whether they're just a really good mum, you know, who, who just does a really good job because she knows that that's, that's what she's here for, or whether they're a really good accountant who just genuinely loves taking care of your money and genuinely hates the taxation office. You, you know, it's like, mm. you know, those kinds of people, they're, they're my kind of people who, who just come into the world, do what they're supposed to do, and, and that's all they ever do. Yeah, yeah, it's admirable mm. when you find yeah. that. What, um, as far as stoic resources go, what three sort of resources would you direct people to if they're starting out and wanting to learn a mm. bit more? Now, obviously, I'm going to say my podcast, um, but but if, if they want to do some reading, um, I think, uh, man, three resources, easy. Just go to uh, Epictetus, um, Discourses and Selected Writings. Um, that's that's a Penguin Classics version of uh, a few of his lectures, and he was one of the Stoic philosophers. Um, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, Lucius Seneus Seneca, um, and he was uh, also a Stoic philosopher. Uh, he was actually a playwright and um, and advisor to the Emperor Nero, so he's got a very interesting life. But um, then I would say Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Those are the three core um, texts of Stoicism, you might say, um, that really give us an insight into the Stoic mind. Um, and man. They're beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And if you if you read them and if you give yourself enough time to try and understand them, which you won't in your first reading, you'll you'll read them ten times and you'll still be getting stuff out of them. But that's probably where I direct people. Yeah, nice. I'll stick those links in the show notes and uh, the podcast, of course. Um, make sure you check that out with Simon Drew. Um, I'll stick the links in the link, uh, in the show notes here. What um, what's your favorite meal? Oh, sorry, not your favorite meal. What meal would you be served if it was your last meal? Oh my gosh! You know what? Um, I'm just I'm just gonna come out and say this. Last night, my wife made uh, this. She gets experimental every so often, and and it always works. But she doesn't think that it always works. I'm just very happy with anything, honestly. <laughs> but but last night she made uh, this uh, this delicious meal of um, what was it? Orange chicken, and. I don't know. I'm just one of those people that if you ask me a question like that, I'm just going to think back to the last thing that blew my mind and that meal just blew my mind. So I'm going to say, um, yeah, orange chicken. Orange that's, chicken. That's my last meal. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a crazy meal last night. <laughs> nice. Do you think we all have a, a why, a hidden why or a purpose? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that we have... Things that were, I, I can only speak for myself, you know, because I, I know that there are a lot of people out there who are lost and I know a lot of people can't necessarily uh, navigate their way to some sort of sense of, you know, they have something to move towards. Uh, and I've seen that in a lot of people in my life as well. And um, and so I can't necessarily judge whether everybody has that one thing that they're, or that, you know, that one why, like this is why I'm alive. Um, but I know that for me, uh, when I listen to myself, I know what that is. When you, when you quiet your own mind and, 
and it's kind of like the the whole the the Taoist way. It's like you know when you stop forcing things and when you stop thinking that you know, mm. and when you realize that you can't do it, and when you realize that you cannot have all of the answers and you cannot possibly know, uh, you know who you are. That's when you actually get an answer. And so I've I've been experimenting with that lately, and I think, um, yeah, quiet your mind and hopefully you'll hear something but but it's 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 very hard to be that honest with yourself and it's very hard to be that um detached from the perceptions that have been heaped upon you since you were younger so um yes and no would be my answer (laughs) good answer yes and no (laughs) mate where can people uh, find you is it uh, simon j yeah, Sorry, Simon, Simon J. J. E. Drew. Yeah. yeah, it's just my middle names there. But um, yeah, so SimonJEDrew.com uh, is where you can pretty much find everything there um, yeah. that, that I'm doing. Um, and I'm all over social media, even though I am extremely terrible at keeping up to date with that, um, which is a completely different discussion. But um, yeah, SimonJEDrew.com, they'll find everything. Find everything there, guys. Check it out. Contact him. Um, the podcast link is there as well. Practical Stoic Podcast. The Practical Stoic Podcast. Yeah. Um, so tune into that and uh, reach out, Simon. Thanks so much for coming on the show, mate. Been awesome. Hey, Lee, this has been uh, yeah, this has been so much fun. So and uh, hey, I have to get you on my show as well. We'll have a discussion about everything that you've learned because you're obviously learning a lot from people, and um, you know that's that's the kind of person I want to talk to. So let's do it for sure. Let's do it. All right, man. Cool, guys. Check it out, thehiddenwhy.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon